the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and Merry Christmas to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for. And today we present to you a very special Christmas program that was recorded on December 4th at River City Community Church with a message called Home for Christmas. If you'd like to follow along with the notes to this message, they're available for you at reallife.org under the sermon archive link. But grab a Bible if you can. It's time for Real Life Radio. So this next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the power of Emmanuel, God with us, a Christ-filled home. And today I want to start very basically. A Christ-filled home is a faith-filled home. If you're taking notes, write that down. A Christ-filled home is a faith-filled home. The transformative power of faith in Christ. And I just want to acknowledge up front that faith is one of these words that we've kind of watered down and ruined a little bit. Okay. We have faith-based initiative. You know, we talk about, well, the, the my, my faith tradition, talk about all these things. Faith is a belief so strong. You must act on it because it's so real in your context. And we're going to just unpack what's the difference between two homes in the same neighborhood. Maybe they look exactly the same, but one professes to have faith and the other doesn't. Because I think historically Christians have looked for ways that we're supposed to be different, for ways to identify ourselves, say this is what difference our faith faith makes. But sometimes we've settled on external things that you just go, why, why is that? Is it, how, is it how we dress? Is our dress, is that, that what it is? Is it, is it what we eat or drink, what we won't eat or drink? Is it what, where we go on Sunday mornings? Is that, the big, is that the big win? That's the one? Is it the movies we watch or won't watch? I mean... What really is it that sets us apart? We pray at meals at, pub, at restaurants. It doesn't matter how crowded it is. We're going to stand for Jesus. We're going to pray. We're going to do a long prayer. That waitress can come and start talking to us. We won't even look because we're praying for Jesus. We're Christians. You don't talk to me. I'm praying to Jesus. And that's, that, that's our big stand of faith, man. We prayed over that meal. And, hey, I, I pray over meals. I, you know, I mean, I... I Go to the same place every Sunday morning. All those things. I just want to say to you, though, those are not the things that Jesus said would set us apart. One of the primary things that will set us apart is our faith. A deep, transformative belief that totally changes everything about who we are. And I'm telling you, you can have two homes made by the same builder. You can have the same kind of SUV in each driveway. You can have the kids go to the exact same school. And one of those is a house of faith. And the other is not And on that outside is where those similarities will change. Because once you go in, those two homes and those families will be following entirely different leaders and they will be going entirely different directions because of the power of faith. Faith is a belief so strong, you'll base your life on it, you'll base your actions on it, and it changes the way you live. A couple of observations about faith. Number one, a faith-built home operates on a different set of assumptions. We call this a paradigm. Your paradigm is the things that you kind of believe that form this lens of how you look at the world. It's your paradigm. We all have one. It's just how you look at the world, and it shapes everything. It's your view of reality. 
Faith is not some kind of passive religious affiliation. Well, you know, my parents were Methodist, so I'm Methodist. Or, you know, what, that, that is not faith. Faith is this powerful sense of reality that is changed because of what you believe. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Listen to this and, and understand the idea of vision here. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. Certain of what we do not see. In other words, I do not see it in the natural yet, but I see it with a certainty because of this deep, real faith, being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Now listen to this. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What is seen was not made out of what is visible. All this stuff, this material stuff that we go, okay, this is the bottom line. This is reality. This is observable. And what the scripture says is, yes, it is real. It is observable. Natural, physical matter is real. But it's not all that is real. And it's not the original. The scripture says what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Faith understands That all this stuff is real, it's just not all that's real. There is another reality every bit as authentic and real. And it is the origin of all things. That's why the fundamental um, argument in culture philosophical difference is creation versus evolution. You need to understand that. That's, That's the deal. Creation versus evolution is the fundamental idea because it's about origins. And and the fundamental question behind it, is there a God, is there not? And you have to understand, evolution is a theory. And anyone who denies, if you have a professor in college and he denies it's a theory, please, please give him my number. I want to talk to your professor. I don't care how many PhDs he's got. I don't care how many books he's got. Because I'm just going to say to him, prove it. The Big Bang Theory, prove it. Show me your observable physical research that you were able to do. Well, but we don't. Where did the Big Bang come from? I I understand the idea. I understand the theory. Where did it come from? Well, this created this. Well, but where did that come from? And eventually, I promise you, I don't care how bright that person is, you're going to back them up to, well, we don't know. Aha! It's faith. (laughs) I mean, seriously, if you're willing to be obnoxious and hard-headed enough, okay, then come talk to me. I can give you some coaching. But seriously, if you are willing to not be, let them insult, well, you can't bring faith, and who cares, you know? You choke on your own self-importance. I don't care. Answer my questions. And just keep going. Just hang on like a pit bull. Well, how do you know that? Well, show me the evidence. Show me the evidence. Show me the evidence. And eventually you're going to get down to, well, we don't know. We just think this. Then why in the world do you sit and look like any of us who question that are crazy? When you yourself question it, you don't know. Because the fact is, folks, it's faith. But it's faith that really, really matters. Because at the end of the day, is there a God? That's the real question. That's the reason why these evolutionists and these scientists and these professors are so adamant. Because the alternative is unacceptable. The idea that there is a God, well, we can't study that. We can't put our hands on that. So we just don't, won't deal with it. That's a very unscientific way to approach things. Because you are saying that alternative is unacceptable. Therefore, it must be this. That fundamentally violates the very idea of science, which is set up a hypothesis, try to disprove it. 
And what I want to say to us is this, the, the reason they do this is because they understand the implications. We should too. There is a God. And faith has that assumption and it, 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 that paradigm. And it really does change everything. If there is a God, that has implications on law, on morality, on family life. If there is a God and we are responsible to him and we are not all there is, we're not the bottom line. That has profound implications on how we carry out our lives. If there is not, that also has profound implications on how we carry out our lives. Within those of us who would call ourselves deists, we believe there is a God. There's also divisions. Faith tells me that God is with us. Faith tells me that on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God fulfilled this plan. God with us was not now just in the presence of Jesus, but now the Spirit came and dwelled in every believer in Jesus Christ. That's what Acts chapter 2 tells us. Well, that has profound implications because some would like to say, well, God is off far and distant, and he set some principles and orders, and now we do our best to live within those principles and hope we do well. And others say, no, 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 the Scripture teaches that God is close and present. In other words, I can pray, God, you lead me today. God, I pray for my child and he hears and it makes a difference. And God, help me to be a better parent and show me how to walk that way and he'll actually do it. And that has profound implications. A home of faith has a set of assumptions, of paradigms that believe God is real and he is present. And folks, we understand that's the whole point of the Christian faith. Jesus Christ, faith tells us, a home that is filled with Christ, is filled with a faith that says Jesus Christ came to make a vibrant daily relationship with God possible. Our sin separates us. That's what the Bible says. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is what? Death. That's what the scripture says. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Why Jesus? Jesus Christ lived a sinless life and then voluntarily went to the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for mine. That's why Jesus. That's why he's different. His death penalty on the cross paying for your sin and mine so that if we will receive him, receive his forgiveness, believe, put our faith in him that he is who he said he was and he can do what he said he could do, our lives can be transformed. Now, I do want to say to you, okay, some of you maybe are here and a friend or family member invited you, they nagged you until you got here. Good. Let me just say good for you. Thank you for, for being a good friend to them. Uh, you know, yeah, good for you. We are glad you're here. Um, <clears throat> I do want to say you have an opportunity, though. If you've maybe never, if any of us in this room have never kind of done, recognized what Jesus did for us and made that commitment to follow him, we can do that today. You do not have to let this Christmas season come and go without receiving the forgiveness that is yours in Christ, allowing his spirit to come and live in you. And now walk the path and the destiny that you were created for by your father. That's why Jesus came. That's why Christmas matters. That's why Emmanuel, God with us, is such a big deal to us. That's why I'm going to loudly and boldly proclaim Merry Christmas. Because Jesus made life possible for all of us and for whosoever will may come. And that's really good news. I'm about to get to my good preaching now. I've got I to gotta calm down. A Christ-filled home is a faith-filled home. You are listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church. And we want to thank you for listening right now. We wish you a very Merry Christmas and encourage you to put God first in the new year. And if you'd like to learn more about River City, then hop on the web to reallife.org where you can download a podcast of this message or even watch this message at the Sermon Archive link. That's reallife.org.
In an age of constantly changing movements and trends, it's hard to find things of timeless value. Too often, if something isn't, quote, new, it's archaic, dated, irrelevant. This Christmas, we want to challenge the status quo and embrace and celebrate what makes this holiday special. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and I want to invite you to join us at River City Community Church for a Christmas Eve experience of carols and candlelight, where we will pause to center our Christmas celebrations around the true significance of the holiday. Come for an engaging family service and an outdoor courtyard experience with a live nativity, hot cocoa, and more. River City is located off of Lookout Road right across from Otama Park. Our Christmas Eve services are December 23rd at 7 p.m. and December 24th at 4 and 5.30 p.m. For regular service times and more information, check us out online at reallife.org. We hope to offer your family a Christmas tradition that reflects the richness and wonder of the season. From all of us, we wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Welcome back, and we return to this message called Home for Christmas, and this is Real Life Radio. Secondly, a faith-filled home sees new possibilities. Oh, man, this is powerful. Sees new possibilities. Remember, a few weeks ago, or, or actually a couple months ago, we, we read for several weeks in a row, Luke one thirty-seven: for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. That was, interestingly, the, the angel talking to Mary about what was going to happen or the Holy Spirit would help her to conceive this child. Nothing is impossible with God. Jesus was teaching some of the disciples, couldn't cast out an evil spirit, and they asked, why couldn't we? And Matthew 17, 20, he says, because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth. Listen to this. Remember, nothing is impossible with God. And in Matthew 17, 20, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing is impossible with God. And with faith, a belief in him so strong that it totally changes what I do. I act on that. Nothing will be impossible for you. Faith changes you so much that the idea of impossible becomes much more foreign to us. The idea that there are impossibilities. If God is leading something, if God says something, that that it's impossible. Faith begins to make that idea seem foreign to you. Fear all of a sudden doesn't have the final word. And that's really important because, folks, i got to tell you honestly, a lot of our lives is about fear management. A lot of the way we live in the context of our culture, a lot of the normal path that we're told to walk, a lot of the practices that we're told are the right things to do are about fear management. And faith says, I don't have to be afraid because nothing is impossible with God. And when you begin to say, okay, now let's bring that down to our houses, our homes, where we live. I don't have to be afraid. Nothing is impossible with God. This has profound implications in every area of our life as a family and in our homes. Your marriage, this has a profound implication. You may think there are things in your marriage that are absolutely impossible. You may be thinking about calling it quits. When I hear of believing Christians who come to me and say, we have decided we don't want to put up with this anymore. We can't do this. It can't get better. we got to call it quits. We're going to divorce. Knowing full well, the Scripture says God hates divorce. What that tells me is you've lost your faith. You've stopped believing that nothing is impossible with God. You've stopped believing that God can transform your heart. You've stopped believing that God can work in your spouse and do something miraculous in your spouse. You've stopped believing in the power of God. Emmanuel, God with us, means anything's possible. 
And it's sad when we say we're going to throw in the towel because it's impossible. So I want to challenge you. Maybe you're here and you're at that place going, I don't know if we can do this another holiday season. I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can. I want to challenge you. Nothing is impossible with God. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to accommodate. Stop trying to do the best you can and start praying about this. Start seeking godly counsel. Start digging into the word. Start saying, okay, we've tried what we can do, and that's fine. You've come to the end of your rope. That's a really good place to be. Now it's time to say, okay, Jesus, what can you do? And it's so funny. Sometimes when we stop struggling, it's like tag team wrestling, man. All of a sudden we're out and God's in. And now the good partner's in, right? You didn't think the gospel was going to compare it to tag team wrestling this morning, did you? That's a bonus. That's a little something extra you get here at River City. Anything's possible. Some of you may be... Some of us, maybe in financial issues where we go, we're never going to get out. It's a cycle that just continues round and round. It's impossible. No, it's not. God wants your finances to be an area of fruitfulness and blessing and not destruction and constant fear and constantly being hot behind the eight ball. That is not God's design. And so you say, God, I'm going to start living by your principles financially. And, I'm, and by that, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to trust that you're going to set me free. You're not only going to set me free so that my needs are met, you're going to give me enough to be able to be a blessing to people around me, to be a giver, to be someone who is now a resource to others into the kingdom. Because that's what you put in my heart that I'm supposed to be, not someone who's always just barely making it and staying afloat. That's not God's design. But you've got to decide, is it possible that God has something better? Maybe you've got a relationship with one of your kids. Maybe they're a kid who's still at home and you're like, man, I'm losing them. It just seems impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. Begin praying for that child. Begin talking to that child. Begin spending time with them and just pray. Don't push. Just pray. In fact, stop pushing a little bit. Start praying. See what God does. See what he gives you wisdom in. See what he begins to do in your child's heart. What about adult children that are far from God and you pray for them every day? Keep it up. Nothing's impossible with God. What about siblings that you care about, but man, they're screwing their lives up. They're so far from God and your, your heart breaks because you love them. Nothing's impossible with God. See, it changes you. Faith opens up a whole new set of possibilities. Faith gives you hope. Lord, if only you'd been here. Good news is he is here. In fact, the scripture says, if if you haven't let him in, it says he's knocking on the door. He wants to come in. You don't ever have to say, Lord, if you'd have been here. No, Jesus, I recognize that you're here. Lord, I invite you here. Now, give leadership. A Christ-filled home is a faith-filled home. And last, a faith-filled home, very powerful I don't want you to miss this. Let's not rush past this last idea because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we decide whether we have a Christ-filled and a faith-filled home. A faith-filled home generates new responses. It generates new responses. James chapter 2, beginning verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If you say to him, go, I wish you... Well, keep warm and well-fed, but you don't do anything about the physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by actions, is dead. But someone will say, well, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. I like, I'm glad they threw that in there. Well, but I believe in God. Yes, yeah, so does the devil. So you want to be on the same par with Satan? I mean, what uh, the point is, no, 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 faith is something... And and here's the reason. Faith without works is dead because faith without works isn't faith. It's not that works saves you. We we teach that all the time. But the same faith that saves you is a faith that changes your behaviors. 
And a real clue, if your behavior isn't changing because of this different belief system, if your responses aren't changing, then maybe you got to go back to the root and say, wait a minute, do I really believe differently? See, it's acting on what we believe. Our paradigm determines our responses. You can't get away from that. But conversely, and this is very important, listen to this, our responses reveal our paradigm. Our responses reveal our paradigm. And here's the question. What does my response What do my responses say about my paradigm or my faith? See, Christians are not supposed to look weird or be odd and awkward because of what we wear or because of any kind of religious things like that. But I will tell you, we're supposed to be weird because of responding in faith. Because once you begin responding in faith, your house will look the same, your clothes will look the same, your haircut might be the same. A lot of those things will be the same, but all of a sudden you won't be the same. And you will have people close to you going, are you crazy? You can't afford to give to that. You can't afford to quit that job and go take this job just because God told you. Are you crazy? No, I really believe that the Lord is leading me that, yeah, it's less money, but this is an area where I'll have fruitfulness and effectiveness and where God wants me. I mean, when you begin to understand this, when you start talking about a home that is filled with faith that says Jesus is here, he is our Lord, he's our leader and our Savior and the one who's guided, everything now gets looked at through that lens of faith. We don't buy a car if we don't think that we have the green light from Jesus to buy a car. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's so negative and so restricting. No, it's not. God knows the future. God knows that I may be doing a job down the road where I need to travel long distances. And so he says, no, no, I want you to have this kind of car instead of that kind of car. God's my father. He loves me. He wants good things. It's not like he's sitting there trying to rain on my parade and trying to prove who's boss here. He wants to bless us. He wants to lead us in paths that lead to life. And so every little decision that I can get his input on, that I follow his leadership on, is a great opportunity to experience blessing. And nothing is off limits. What school do my kids go to? You know, what, what kind of path are we going to walk? What neighborhood are we going to live in? What kind of house are we going to have? I I have to tell you, folks, one of my prayers, one of my big prayers as a parent was that my kids would kind of grow up and ultimately leave our house with eyes of faith. It was very important. I wanted them to see that, man, this is real. This isn't just you know, a nice little emotional thing. This isn't, our her- this isn't our heritage or our tradition. This is a vibrant daily relationship with the creator of the universe that radically transforms every day and every area of life. And I wanted them to experience that and see that. And I have to tell you, when, when, we, when we, early in our marriage, because of just this journey of faith and starting this church, uh, there were times when financially we were just, we had nothing. I look back at some of my financial statements and bank records and things from back then. It's like, holy cow, how did we make it? And God's like, hello, you know, what am I, a chopped liver? I said I'd be your provider. And I did it. And lo and behold, God's good to his word. But we made a point to talk to our kids about those things. I want to say to you, don't shield your kids from areas where you are praying and wanting to have faith. Tell them. If there's something that God's put in your heart, but you know, we can't afford it, so we're not going to pursue that, but we have it in our heart, so we're going to pray about it. You know, God did some things for us as a family that we, that, man, he just did it by only the way he can do it. We could never have afforded to experience those things, but they were things that were in our heart. We had said, no, we don't need that because we're following the Lord, and this is what he wants us to do, and we'll be fine. We, you know, a lot of people, way worse off. We're fine. But this is something that would be neat. 
So as we pray that kind of thing, we'd include our kids in that. Man, they got a chance to see it. And then when something, when God would do something, when something unusual happened, we'd go tell them, do you know why? Do you remember that we prayed? Do you remember that we asked God? We prayed that you'd have some friends like this in your class because we felt that's where God wanted you to go to school. And now look, look at these people that you have who, who they're believers and they're, they're, you know, you're walking together in life together. S- simple little things. And we taught them, you got a problem? Well, let's pray about it. Because we wanted them, the big end game was that they would go into their own lives and not be perfect. They'll struggle just like we We all have that Martha moment of like, you know, Lord, God will do anything you ask, but he stinks. You know, I mean, we have those, we have those times where we're, it's just like, we say we believe, but we struggle. They're going to do that just like Lori and I did that, just like you guys have done that. But man, I want to see them be people of faith. And, you know, I've told you guys, Lauren has recently got married, great guy named Jonathan. You know, they're starting to begin to pray about things. They're starting to begin to struggle with steps of faith. They're starting to, and you know, we have to, as parents, make sure we're willing to let them have that struggle because I want them to learn mom and dad aren't your provider. God's your provider because that'll never let them down. Folks, this stuff is real. It changes our assumptions. It changes the possibilities. And it does change our responses. The power of God is released in obedience, folks, where your faith will become real is when you step out in obedience. When God says, I want you to take this step. But God, everybody else says take this step. The normal thing to do is take this step. Yeah, I've called you to be exceptional. So follow me. And you take that step and then you see his provision. You see his guidance. You see his purpose unfold. And all of a sudden your faith, which was here, now just takes a pretty big leap because you get to see it. And it's not my story not your small group leader's story it's your story and it's powerful thank you pastor sean azaro you've been listening to radio for real life a ministry of river city community church located on lookout road right behind rotama park in selma texas with special christmas eve service times this week if you'd like to call the church the number is 210-490-5262 as radio for real life is a service of river city community church we hope you join us again next time for more real life Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.